0: ESPN's 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two, showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. Get
1: em, Get, em, get, em, get, em, get em.
0: This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Kiki Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Man, I'm excited about this one. I haven't talked to this guy in a long time. i got to find him on a driving range, it feels like, if I happen to land on the right golf course. Welcome back to Davoli's House of Cards, St. John's County. Brent and friends on ESPN 690. Maurice Jones drew yesterday. Rasheen Mathis joined us yesterday each and every Monday. They do that. Clay Harbor on Wednesdays. And, hey, maybe we can book Blake Bortles each and every Tuesday. I'm not sure he really wants to do that, but we appreciate him jumping in. Uh, Fresh off retirement, Blake Bortles, what's happening, man? Not much, Brent. How are you? Good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Man, retired at your age? That sounds weird.
1: Yeah, it is. It sounds weird, and it actually is weird. So I'm uh, working my way through it, figuring it out, kind of hanging with the family, taking it easy, playing a bunch of golf right now, and then we'll uh, we'll see what the next chapter brings. Are you on the golf course right now? I'm not. I'm currently walking our youngest through the neighborhood in a because I figured it'd be the only way I could keep them quiet while I did this.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, what's all right. Uh, Rasheen juggles his kids sometimes coming home from school, so we're used to it. We're fine if something happens. How's How's being a dad, man, and, and the family life? Is it going well?
1: It is, yeah. It's awesome. Um, my fiance and I have two. We had our first uh, in 17 of December, You know, which was uh, one of the better years of my life, for sure, with everything going on. And then we have a 18-month-old boy now as well.
0: That's awesome uh, really good stuff and uh, why did you decide to do it uh, what what was the final thing for you to retire It sounds like you might have made the decision months and months ago but uh, what brought you to to that outcome
1: yeah I did i um, I, I called major and had a conversation with him told you know family and close friends probably like right after the season really uh, February Marchish was kind of when I um, you know made the final decision and then you know it got out publicly uh, a week or so ago but you know it's kind of multiple um, I guess facets saying you know my body wasn't the same anymore I was starting to you know bounce around playing different teams and doing things and and stuff like that when you know you got two kids and a family at home becomes a bit more difficult and uh, you know at the end of the day it was hard for me to to look at myself as as the player that I had become Um, I, I didn't feel I was the same football player and uh, I, I didn't really want to go out like that, so I figured better to just call it on my own rather than waiting for for no more teams to call me.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's good, man. And how how surprised as the months went along were you were you that that nobody was breaking the story? I mean, that's a heck of a deal to keep that under wraps for a bit.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I kind of knew something would come out eventually because somebody would ask down the road or whatever. But I think we made it three or so months. I was kind of <laughs> I was hoping it just fade away,
0: but uh, we we almost did it. That's good. That's uh, good. I will tell you this, and I've said this, and I know you you probably don't listen to shows, although you should. I mean, three to six every day now if you want. It's jump a good on program. It. But, uh, uh, it's a good program. Uh, I, I've said it for the last couple of years. I don't understand why Blake Bortles isn't on a roster. I, I just didn't get it. Uh, with your resume, with what you accomplished, obviously you're a good team guy, good room guy. I mean, were you as surprised as me looking at some of these players around the league that were on rosters, and I won't call them out, I won't make you call them out, but that you didn't have more of a permanent job as a backup at the very least?
1: Yeah, you know, it's um, I mean, it's definitely one of those things. I'm probably a bit biased towards my situation being the one living through it. Um, you know, but at the same time, I was pretty realistic, and, I like, I wasn't meant to be – I don't have the makeup to be the perfect, you know, I guess, backup quarterback, the guy that goes – I, I guess I had everything besides the the perfect backup physical tools. That throws the pretty ball. It does, you know, I, that wasn't really my game. I was kind of more of a, uh, you know, a mutter. It didn't always look pretty, and it was trying to find ways to win. And I, I just, I don't think that always plays well as the backup. it has got to go out and spin it and look good in practice and seven on seven and scout team and those things. Um, you know, not that that's an excuse or anything, but it, you know, for whatever reason, it uh, it never worked out. I was never really fine that that backup role and and hang on for a few years
0: yeah i guess that's i've been told that a little bit too i mean i i guess i understand that but heck man i'm telling you this if my quarterback goes down and i got a guy that's thrown 100 touchdowns in the league and played as many games as you have and played in some big games i i kind of would rather have that guy with the experience screw the practice football (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I thought the
2: same thing, too.
0: <laughs> uh, well, uh, retired Blake Bortles with us here on Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. How close to the game will you stay? Uh, do you watch it every Sunday? Do you try to get away from it? Where are you from, A, I guess, a football fandom uh, now that, that you're hanging it up?
1: Um, probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, I'm not tuned in, you know, to every game. You know, I'll catch, like, the Thursday or Monday night games usually. I try and... Uh, you know, watch guys coaching or playing that I know and have relationships with. Watch them and keep tabs on them and check in, try and keep up with the Jags. Um, but as far as coaching or doing anything, getting into it, you know, I always said I want it. But then, you know, at 30 years old, you retire and you realize it's, it's you know, one of very few things you know in your life. So it's hard to probably stay away from it for too long.
0: What's your take on uh, Trevor Lawrence? He's 23 games into his career, obviously got a lot of talent, high draft pick like you were, a lot of pressure on him, had a miserable year last year with the Urban Meyer situation. Uh, how much can you relate of what maybe he's going through at times with the roller coaster of being a young quarterback, and what do you see out of the Jags' current franchise quarterback? You
1: know, I think he's obviously, um, I think what everybody has always said about him, he's a special talent and a- a very good football player um, that has, I think, you know, an unlimited ceiling that, that he can get to as far as, you know, which are things that I have, you know, way less experience in. But, you know, going through kind of a bit of turmoil and having to overcome some adversity early on in your career, some uh, coaching changes and things of that nature, um, it's hard to deal with, especially as, you know, a young kid that played for, for one guy in a consistent study system. Uh, throughout college, the same way I did. You know that stuff. That it's all part of the the maturation process, I think. And you know what uh, what can make him, you know, truly special to kind of overcome all those things and and continue to uh, to progress and become a good football player in the NFL.
0: I was thinking we were going to do this interview today, so I had like the most simple question of all time that I'm not sure will be the easiest to answer. But how hard is it to play quarterback in the NFL? You went through the gamut, man. How hard is it? Uh, you know. Uh,
1: <laughs> Hackett and I used to kind of have, I guess it was an inside joke or something, you know, that he would mention, obviously with his football history, his dad and everything, he, you know, he often would say just, you know, me and him or maybe if Chad Henney was around that playing uh, playing quarterback, maybe outside of being the president of the United States could be the hardest job in the world, you know. So I'm sure that is a, a bit dramatic, but, you know, I do think that there's, there's some – credibility to it as far as you know the amount of things that go into it the amount of pressures and expectations on you um it, it is it is hard to do and the guys that do it well you know i think uh deserve the utmost respect
0: well he had to help you through all those times when yeah. you were taking some of the bullets now you might have to help hack it through some of this time right now i'm sure you shoot him an encouraging text uh, it's been a rough go early on in denver
1: yeah, yeah, it has. Um, I'm sure he'll get it figured out. He's uh, he's a super smart dude and a guy that um, anybody that gets to spend any time around him absolutely loves. So I know it's been a bit tough. It seems that they're on uh, primetime television every single week, <laughs> so I'm sure they wouldn't mind a, a Sunday 1 o'clock game or something, but I, uh, I'm sure they'll get it figured out. He's awesome.
3: They're going to have to play some, or at least one Sunday at uh, 9 a.m. too, Blake, and that one's going to be a tough one for them when they play the Jags. But uh, this is Casey. We do appreciate you joining us, Blake. I do want to ask you, when you look back at how everything played out, college, the draft, being with the Jags, everything, and then take yourself back to a kid just playing football, did you satisfy yourself with your career and made younger Blake Bortles proud? You
1: know, I think as far as what the expectations were as a young kid, yeah, absolutely. I mean – Definitely exceeded those. I mean, my goal as a kid was to start on my high school football team. So, getting a chance to, you know, go to college for free and play UCS and um, getting drafted in the first round by the Jags, to me, it was, uh, I, I wouldn't change anything about it. And it was it was everything, you know, I ever dreamed of doing. Um, and then, obviously, as you go through it, your expectations change and you want to be successful and, and be the best player you can be. Um, so, I, you know, I think looking back on it, it it's, you want to put it in perspective and say I accomplished a lot. I did, you know, a lot of good things. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, there's there's so many things you wish you could have done differently. You wish you could have done better and had more success. And I don't know if there's anybody as an athlete that ever retires saying like, yeah, absolutely, I crushed that. You know, I think
0: majority of guys, um, you know, have have some regrets or some things that uh, they wish could have gone differently. Blake Bortles with us here. Brett and friends on ESPN 6.9. We'll just keep you for a few more minutes, man. Appreciate you taking the time on the walk with the kiddo uh, to, to jump in. And uh, one thing about it is the fans are glad to hear from you, I think. Uh, the, the fans really like Blake Bortles. It, it, I have called this the weirdest relationship between a player in this franchise maybe that I've ever seen. Obviously, they were super critical of you at times, uh, which fans are. Uh, They had this unbelievable 2017 moment. Like, if you're my kid and he's 17, which he is, that was the only year since he's been born that was good, and Blake Bortles and company helped deliver that. Uh, And then you're just Jacksonville as Jacksonville can be. Do you feel all that, like all those emotions, uh, even now, of of how the fans feel about you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I think it's it's definitely a more in-person experience now. I don't, you know, I don't have social media, so I'm not on there seeing, you know, good or bad or whatever said on there. But, um, you know, I remember having a conversation with Gus Bradley when when he left town, we stayed in contact and continued to talk. And, you know, it was during a year, um, you know, the end of my third year, the year Gus got let go where where things weren't going well, you know, and I remember saying to him, you know, "I, I can't wait to just get out of town and get away from all this. And he said, you know, just, just stick it out and hang around regardless of how your career goes. It's an unbelievable place, an unbelievable city and a really great place to live and raise a family. And, you know, I kind of shook it off and said, yeah, whatever. And, and looking back on that now, I mean, it couldn't be more true. You know, we, we fell in love with this place as a city. It's our home. It will be for a really long time. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, it, it was, it was a blessing to get drafted by Jacksonville. Being from Orlando and being able to have family and friends come visit and be close. Um, and, and, you know, the, the the one successful year that we had, like you said, I wish we had more, but the, the way the town was throughout that 2017 year and that run
0: um, was really cool. And, I you know, I, I hope they get to experience that again with the Jags. Hey, the year is 2032. It's been 15 years since that, that AFC championship. And we bring you all back to the stadium. Who gets the bigger ovation, Blake Bortles or Jalen Ramsey? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Probably Jalen. Jalen's way more of a
0: character, man, and
2: he's a really, really good football player.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely on social media. It's not even close who gets the bigger ovation. Let me help you out. Yeah, Blake. Blake You you
3: might have missed some stuff. I'm not gonna lie to you. (laughs) That
0: could be. Well, yeah, I was in
1: LA when he showed up in LA, so I do, I do remember some of that. But I obviously was on the other side of uh, of that divorce.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Okay, uh, give us give AFC championship 10 minutes to go you got the link how did you think you were going to the Super Bowl um
1: I did honestly we were uh I mean beating up I think we were up 10 points with five minutes left in the game and uh it was it was uh it was really special to have I mean I think it was third and 18 and we were uh Tom was backed up and, you know, you're kind of looking at the clock thinking, no way. And he converts that ball across the middle. Um, and then, you know, I think we go three and out, and then he goes right down the field again to score another touchdown. And we had a chance at the end. Um, you know, I can kind of still see the, the throw like it was yesterday to D.D. Westbrook and Stephon Gilmore breaking that ball up on fourth down. Um, but, you know, I, I think any time you're playing Tom Brady, especially in Foxborough, you know, it was never over until the end. Yeah. That was one of those that
0: uh that, that, that was, that was game. hard to swallow. That was a great game. <laughs> I That's guess so if you're going you, I guess it, somebody's talking to you about that game it sounds like uh, if, if, uh, I guess if you're going to lose, and this doesn't make Jag's fans feel any better because Miles Jack wasn't down still, uh, but I guess in your world to lose to Brady and, and tell that story uh, some 50 years down the road is a pretty good one. Are you making Brandon Linder babysitter all these days or what? I mean, what's he doing?
1: Um, Brandon, I don't think, has been in uh, civilization since he announced his retirement. (laughs) He's either been in the ocean or he's been uh, in the woods, Tom. So he's having an unbelievable time. But we speak pretty frequently, and, uh, you know, it's interesting to hear. He's watching, you know, keeping up with the Jags, obviously, as well. You know, and um, both of us, there's times where it's like, man, you know, how fun would it be a part of uh, to, to still be playing and still you know, be a part of everything involved that um, comes with winning.
0: You know, it's so much fun when when you're able to experience that and go through that. Yeah, we're waiting on it around here, but uh, that one big year was a big year. I, I've got uh, two more questions for you. One is uh, Clay Harbor told us a story about Mavericks in a fight that started because of a wet Willie. Is that true? <laughs> uh
1: I think that is true, but like, the, the, it never happened is the wild thing. I, Clay probably remembers it better than I do, um, but it, yeah, there was like a brawl that that happened because somebody said that, that somebody else gave me a wet willy, but it never happened, so I don't know if it was completely made up or maybe the guy pretended to, but I actually had a buddy that was there with me, there was, I had a couple friends, there was a group of us and uh, one of my buddies was on like you know one of those scooters where you put your leg up on and scoot around, and you get busted his ankle or something. And he ends up in the middle of the fight on his back and can't find his scooter, and he's just getting kicked around. So it was a pretty complicated.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a memorable night for many involved. Uh, all right, what are you going to do now? Do you have any plan? I mean, you got dad life, you, you got uh, you get married, you got husband life. Uh, that that may take up the next couple of years, but man, you're young. I mean, do you have any vision of, of what's next? I don't.
1: I don't. We're uh, working on a wedding. We're engaged right now. I got two kids. Um, we're building a house, so we'll be involved in that for the next, whoever knows how long. Um, but but outside, as far as career paths, no, I uh, I have no idea. Playing playing a decent amount of golf, and um, you know I, I'm
0: definitely gonna have to get into something soon. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Listen, man, we don't pay in as much as Barstool or anything, but we got Mojo on Monday, Rasheen Mathis on Monday. We got Clay Harbor on Wednesdays. Open invitation for Bortles, just an hour a week. Come on down if you want to kill some time, man. I appreciate it, Brett. man. Thank you. All right. Uh, say hello to the family and uh, enjoy retirement. Thanks for jumping in with us. Absolutely. Y'all take care. All right. Uh, that was Blake Bortles, former Jags quarterback, doing well. and. I'm not sure I envisioned a few years ago doing an interview with Blake Bortles pushing a stroller down Jack's Beach or Marsh Landing or wherever he is right now out there, um, but that just happened. It did.
3: It really did happen.
0: Yeah, that did happen. It was good to hear from Blake Bortles. really was. It uh, uh, sounds like he's doing well. It's, it's got to be the strangest thing, right, to, to be retired at 30. And he really wouldn't have to do anything the rest of his life. No. No, yeah. like he made. What did he make? Somebody say recently, forty-seven, 46. forty-eight million. Yeah, it was like forty-six. Like
3: that.
0: Yeah. You asked a really good question there, and you answered it very well. Um, it was it was on my my mind as well. Of I knew it was. Like, the time I had to get in there, but it wasn't he? He's he's he keeps it real in terms of not say. Listen, I wasn't this flashy. Throw the spiral, beautiful ball. He called himself a mutter. And at the same time, look at all he accomplished when I'm not sure anybody back when he was a freshman at UCF or coming out of Oviedo would have said, oh, yeah, that's going to be Blake. You know, and a lot of these guys, a lot of people say at that stage, oh, he's got a chance to be boom, 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 Mm
2: boom,
3: right?
0: And so there's an appreciation uh, that you could feel uh, from Blake Bortles about his career and about what he accomplished and, and what he did. And then also from a competitive standpoint, a um almost this dissatisfaction that it wasn't enough uh which which i i think kind of mirrors at times probably the fan base right
3: yeah i think i think that's why i asked it though just the point of i think you're only satisfied if you can satisfy yourself right and that's why i I just wanted to know where he was at with that and i think that's where you want to be to the point where you know you're in a way proud of yourself which is how i i tried to uh frame it i guess but yeah i mean it's kind of cool to just hear his take on that and obviously to your point it's just a wild thing that's happened and the the love for blake as it should be i mean i as a fan as well as obviously talking on the radio i got mad love for blake didn't want to say this while he was on the phone although he might still be able to hear us i don't know uh blake has signed a lot of autographs for me in my day he's always been a good dude Uh, i got a lot of appreciation for blake so it's just cool to hear from him like he did i know a lot of people on youtube are super excited about it as well so um Overall, just a-, a good day on the show, Brent. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Would appreciate
0: the help getting Blake on. And, and um, i tell you what, I think he'd actually be really good. Like, he he could do that what everybody else does these days. I'm not talking about – he, he certainly could come here. Um, but I think he could do that. There's nowhere else to quarterback come. Like, the analyst stuff, you know. And um, he's got such a niche as well with Barstool or whatever. You know, they could probably give him a more increased role. You know who I could see him with?
3: Amazon, like, no, I'm just kidding.
0: No. <laughs> How about him and McAfee together? That'd be nuts. Yeah. You know? I mean, different. They're different, personality-wise. But they'd probably be, like McAfee would pull some stuff out of them that'd probably be hilarious.
3: He'd have to find yeah.
0: A.J. Hawk for the spot. But. Yeah, and especially in that laid-back atmosphere and, and stuff. So um, I'm wondering, I always wonder what these guys do life after football. I think it's really hard. I've said it many times. I think it's really, really hard to go from their world to the real world. And um, I guess one other note that I should, you know, I've done many stories with Blake over the years on his foundation and all the folks that he's helped in town. And uh, I think it probably hit the heartstrings for a lot of people uh, if they were listening to the interview. We hope you were uh, when he said what he said about Jacksonville, when he brought up the Gus Bradley part of that story. Mm -hmm. And here he is years later building a home, starting a family, all that stuff. Uh, in Jacksonville, He's not going back to Oviedo. I was going to ask him the question, but he answered it anyway. And uh, could go to a lot of different places, right, with yeah. the amount of money that he's got and uh, in, in staying right here uh, in Jacksonville, which, by the way, so many people do. So many. So many coaches, so many players come right back here to Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, and, and I always think it's an interesting dynamic that even some that, well, after a while, almost all of them have been criticized to some degree. And some have been criticized more than others. Uh, and, like, I mean, I'll bring up Gus Bradley. Been criticized many a times by the fan. He'll be back in Jacksonville someday. Like, he still has a house in Jacksonville, and they're not selling it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and even Blake, you know, um, which I also think it shows that these – we see people on Twitter, we see people on Sundays get really mad, right, really angry, yes. get all in their emotions. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a really cool – group of people in the river city that when you see somebody in the grocery store or you see somebody at the beach or in the neighborhood or whatever um it's not attack mode yeah i'm not sure every day down like, i'm not sure no. that happens in new york <laughs> if, if uh if i don't know like Carrot Coles walking down the street after giving up 12 runs in a playoff game. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not sure he's getting the as much love as you might in a place like Jacksonville. That's my point. Probably,
3: yeah, def- definitely not on that <laughs> front. And by the way, Brent, just want to let you know, uh, our guy Clay Harbor chimed in. I posted that we were going to have uh, uh, Blake on our Instagram. Yeah. And uh, he commented, don't ask about the Mavericks incident. <laughs> so I replied at Clay. I'm like, oh, Brett did actually. Too late. Believe it or not, he did. <laughs> so we'll have to follow up with Clay tomorrow on that one. But, uh, yeah. No, he was fine with it. He just enhanced the story a little it bit. was more. all good, Clay. Go hard. Clay, you're good. I was
0: Clay Harper a couple of weeks ago when he tells that story. We have it on our YouTube channel, Action Sports Shacks. Uh, and. If if you go see, it's like a four minute clip, and he's telling the story. And I think the part in there when he's like, "I'm not sure I should tell the story," right? <laughs> and he hesitates to tell the story. Like, well, and okay. then he's like, "All right, I'll tell the story." Because yeah. anytime you say, "I'm not sure I should tell the story," You'd well, then you got to tell. Story. It, it's a right? story
3: that people want to hear. And
0: it was a good story. And actually, on Facebook, I think I I don't know who it was, but I think somebody who was associated with Mavericks actually commented on it. Really? Uh, they, I don't know if they were own they owned it, managed it. I'm not really sure. Uh, but they did comment. It, Reaching so. the people. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Well, um, appreciate uh, Blake Bortles coming on. Yes, sir. And um, it was fun to hear from Blake Bortles. Hopefully, uh, he, I'm sure you'll see him at a golf course uh, sometime soon. He does play a, a lot of golf, Ben. He's not going anywhere. He's staying in the River City, even though his NFL career is now over. Brent Martin, O'Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. We're live from the volley's House of Cards in St. John's County. Come on by. Say hello. we got to get in the fantasy card breaks. What did, did we do rolling? last week? Yeah, just okay. Like we're in the middle of the pack, but we what gotta get in the money, just man. Just okay, Brent. We've been in the money once. Like we've been in the top three. We gotta get back in the money, so we'll see what kind of uh, team we can create today. Can we get Blake? <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking of that. I was like, I wonder what like the most expensive Blake Bortles card is.
3: Uh, probably the true RPA out of National Treasures. How did you like know that? It's usually the most expensive card for said for person. For anything? Yeah. Okay.
0: Like, how much are we talking?
3: I couldn't tell you. Okay. Like, because I don't know fully, but uh, I would guess.
0: All right. We should uh, get one. Yeah, uh, maybe I will. I'll get one. Uh, we will uh, be back on Brett Friends on ESPN 690. Live at Tavoli's House of Cards right after this.
2: I don't think it's an overreaction at all. Ooh. I think Dr. Z is putting himself. In a perfect position to remain the starter the rest of the year as long as they continue to keep winning. He just looks different to me huh. than Mac Jones. Mac Jones is herky jerky. It just didn't didn't look right. right. You talk about the running game. Maybe the running game is indicative of what this young man has been able to do for them. And now they're running the ball much better.
0: Uh, this is overreaction. I yeah. mean, come on, right? Keyshawn Johnson, KJM, Jay Williams, Max Kellerman. You listen to it in the morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Hey, got to have a take. And I think there are some people that are kind of feeling that way. I don't know if I'm – I mean, what happens a lot of times with these guys is that nobody knows who the heck they are, Casey. So you have no tendencies on a guy like Zappi. You have no, like, who is he? Everybody's Googling this guy. Truly. Him and Skylar Thompson, who played this past week, everybody's Googling that.
3: Skyler, yeah, Kansas State. Right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case,
0: then you haven't done any. Like, what do you even have on him? You have no idea. And I think that is, it's like a pitcher in baseball. A lot of times the young stud pitcher, or not even a stud, will come up and deliver a heck of an outing, even against a team like the Yankees or Astros, because you have no history with the guy. So you have no homework to do. And you just got to go see it. Yeah. And then react. Well, these guys are so trained to know tendencies, what they like to do, what they, they plan for that stuff, that it's easier when you have material to look at. And so I just wonder in two games, three games, is Zappi going to be all that, you know, what he is right now? You've got to give him now, a lot of credit. And I know what people are saying because of the whole Tom Brady thing 20-something years ago. I'm just not ready to say that's it, and I think they still have to find out what Mac Jones is. Do we even know what Mac Jones is completely? If you're in New England, I don't think so.
3: No, I don't think so either. I'm surprised. Like, I'm not surprised because it's just the way that we do things. But I you give up on Mac that quickly? They went to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I- Mac
0: did a lot of good things, but I think there is. There, there's always been a curiosity with Mac as where's his ceiling, right? And and so, but I'm not sure. Like, what's Zappy's ceiling? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I... And, and, by the way, they said it about Brady 20 years ago. Like, what's the seal? Well, not much. That's why he's a six-round pick, and that's why this, 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 and then he turns into something. So my point, I guess, with that, if you think, if, if people in New England or around the country are like, hey, the Zappy guy looks pretty good, well, that's great, but you have no idea where it's headed. And I think you know where Mac Jones is heading after 20 games in the NFL. So you, know you know kind of sure, have yeah. to find out your 15th overall pick investment before you find out the other.
3: Guy. Yeah, you remember Mike White? Remember how much I love that guy? <laughs> True, like, that. hey, that's actually a good example. I know, that's why I brought it up. I mean, he's gone. Nobody even talks about Mike White. And, like, for a minute there, it was like, hey, we should bench Zach Wilson for Mike White. So, yeah, I think these things just happen. I think Mac will be fine. I understand. It's like an easy... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Keyshawn. Listen. Love you. But that was the easy take. Okay, and I'm the king of take the easy take. Okay, and that one I just can't co-sign because it's just not good. I think, it, listen, easy takes are okay.
0: Like that's a that's a it's a decent take because we're talking about it and everybody is talking about it. He's been good. They've won games, and uh, again, this isn't. If this had happened in Jacksonville, people would still be so high on the Trevor Lawrence ceiling. They're like, oh, this guy's number one overall pick, man. We got. I want to see this guy for three years before I say he's not the guy yeah not every week you want to say that about trevor i get it but most people i think would say that that's i don't i, I think that the the door gets open on conversations like this because mac is not perceived that way uh even like G- justin fields or even as Z- uh, zach wilson he's perceived a little bit different he's perceived almost like hey you stole that at 15 and how much can you get out of it uh, and i think the perception of it changes everything speaking of we don't, you know, we used to do report cards every Tuesday on the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, we, and we did. might have to bring those back. Should we on the second year guys? We might, maybe we have to because I obviously Fields has gotten a lot of attention. Fields has had some nice, like last week he should have won the game. Had some nice moments. You feel bad for him at times. He, he had to drive. the drive. He had the drive. Like he did a lot of things last week that I thought were pretty good. He's got very little help, and they've got a lot of problems, but. I'm still a believer in Justin Fields if they don't just lose him mentally this year uh, because they're asking a lot of him. Obviously, Trevor, uh, we have seen the roller coaster, but we are seeing the best of Trevor versus last year this year. And we've seen some really good moments, and we've seen some poor moments. And I think we're eager to see what happens next. But you can debate it in a bunch of ways right now, and it's never satisfying for some of the fans. But I think he's in a pretty good place right now, Casey. Six games, three of them been really good. The big moment last week, he's doing a better job of taking care of the football, minus the Philly game. But if you look at the whole thing, doing a better job. Heck, even two of his interceptions are basically Hail Mary Ducks at the end of the game. You know? Yeah. So, uh, I, well, they are. I mean, I know people don't like the Ducks, but they're like, I'll get, especially the one. I mean, the one was probably going to get picked off if it was a spiral. It's what happens on hail marys at the end of the game.
3: Yeah, you're talking Houston.
0: Yeah, Houston. One. Yes. Yeah, I know you guys are still all mad. I'm not as mad as everybody else at the Washington. Still Network. big mad. Know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that,
3: that might just be a me thing, but yeah. Listen. No, it's not just a you thing. It's not. But I, I just my problem with is I don't understand how he threw it, and I'm never going to like. You know, we'll we'll just we'll just move on from that. But
0: well, but it's situation. It's the same why. the Same yeah. reason he took some of the intentional groundings, right? It's the same reason he spun into a sack. Sometimes he tries to do too much, and he has had some um, lapses, if you will. On situational moments I'm not saying he's got no IQ Or he's a dumb player I just think at times he's trying to either do too much Or not thinking the right way And I think that's pretty evident Even the second and one against Houston is evidence of that
3: Let me ask you this And we're like way probably too far into this to even do this And I don't know if there's an example But Can you think of another guy Who in college did not play that many close games So the situational awareness Just wasn't there from the get go like, Because they really only played, like, playoff, in the playoff, they played pl- close games occasionally during the regular season. But for the most of the time, they're blowing people out. They're not worried about that kind of stuff. And I know we're, we're so far into it now that it doesn't matter. But I, I just wonder if that was just something that he didn't have hammered home because you're winning by 30 all the time.
0: You know, I'd have to go back and look... At how many were close, but I understand your point, and I think it's a valid one. It's one that I would fall back on, even in high school. My guess is, in high school, they were blowing a lot of teams out. Right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my view of the quarterback position, a lot of times in the situational stuff, is like, golly, haven't you? Didn't you guys play Madden? I'm like, saying. Didn't you play in the backyard? Like when I played backyard football when I was like seven, we used to make pretend we we're in the two-minute drill. And, like, time was running out.
3: I would spike the ball in the backyard. <laughs> I mean, like, didn't, doesn't everybody do that? Yes. You spike well, it just so you can run the fake spike on the next play, throw everybody off, Brent. You know, I'm I'm a, but
0: I will say this. Like, Trevor doesn't strike me as a guy that was locked into Madden all of his high school and collegiate career.
3: I'd be surprised if he ever played, to be honest with you. I just get that vibe from Trevor. I don't know why. Not a video game guy, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. He might be. But I, I don't know. I don't get the vibe that he is. But more importantly, the college one, yeah, they had a few. We can remember a few of those situations, but not a lot. They were really good in his career there for the most part. So You're up a weak ACC a lot of times. Yes. And so I would think, yeah, again, I think there's a difference between I haven't been in that situation a lot, and so I'm not thinking maybe the right way versus Something else I think Trevor is really wrestling with, and I think this is the big culprit of it, trying to do too much because he's the number one overall pick, the franchise-saving player, and had a bad year last year. And then also wrestle with the idea that he just hasn't been in those situations a bunch. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's kind of like a blend of that, but I honestly think the biggest one, like the second and one play against Houston, the third and 11 when he just doesn't live for another down, I think that's more him trying to make a play because he feels the pressure like he's going to make a play in a big spot. And he's got to be the guy to flip this franchise around. And I don't, like, that's a natural instinct for a guy that, well, an entire city has put a lot on.
3: <laughs> you know? Y- yes. I mean, I think that's got to happen. It uh, Yeah. No, I I hear you. I'm, I'm with you there. Hey, real quick, in the chat before we go to break, I think somebody's answered my question. I am legend. They said Ken Dorsey. In terms of the situational, you were up a lot. You came to the NFL, didn't have to deal with it? Yeah. He was quarterback when Miami was good, right? He was, yeah.
0: But I, what I don't know about that situation, I'm trying to visualize him from a NFL standpoint. Like, was did he have some rough times in the situational stuff? Uh, did he even play a lot?
3: Well, the, not a ton, but the stats are really bad. So, like, I could, you know, see it from that point. Again, I don't know the situational. But I think that fits somewhat what I'm trying to say because Miami was so good, you weren't really worried about that. And now, again, not the number one overall pick, but, um, you know. I think when you come from, like, see, to the point of all that, right, we have had quarterbacks
0: in the past come, come into the league and thrive from places like Eastern Illinois, like Tony Romo. Yeah. Well, you were probably in a lot of those games and had to deal with those circumstances at Eastern Illinois. When you are, let's be honest, Jalen Hurts, when you are even Mac Jones, you might be in a couple of them. But you're not in a lot of them at Alabama and Oklahoma, right? And so you haven't experienced every situation. That's one of those deals where I say I say this all the time about like travel baseball and softball because that's the world we live in. The best part of you can criticize everything about travel ball and all this stuff, but maybe the best part of it is it puts kids at like an early age in these kind of like intense situation because parents are so crazy. You know, yeah. and everybody feels it. It's like 2 to 1 when you're 8 years old and everybody wants to win the trophy you got parents booing you. Right? Well, like, you don't have that. But but like speak for yourself, dog. I got booed one time. The amount of situations my kids have been in over the years in a 7th inning, in a 6th inning of a tie game, bases loaded. You know, all those like you actually get a lot of reps at it.
3: That's true.
0: I don't think you do that in the old school of baseball like where it's like rec ball and high school ball and and you didn't have all this great this competition and craziness going on around it. Now, again, there's a bad side to all that. I'm not disregarding that. But I think it's one of the actual pros of of it for a lot of players that play and come out of there and play in college and maybe go to the pros and stuff. That they learn to be in those situations. And maybe even in life, you know, in a big business meeting or sales call or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um I think there is something to it that you gotta live through some of that stuff and and, and it might be uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lived through enough of them yet. Uh, and he's learned to live through some of those as an NFL quarterback right now. Uh, we will come back and from Devoli's House of Cards. A special guest joins us next as well. And uh, we talk more Jags football because they do have another question about one of the other quarterbacks in that rookie class from a year ago. We'll be back on ESPN 6 Night. what's happening we're back live at the bully's house of cards here on espn 690 i just realized my light went out so it might have got a little darker here at the bully's house of cards
3: that did happen i was wondering what happened to you did that happened like just now i it, it did yeah we were having a conversation uh before you stood up and did your thing and then you yeah. came back and i was like what happened to brad
0: i was kind of stretching it out i was wondering if i had charged the battery enough but hey we turn this into a, a just a little darker mood here at the Bowie's House of Cards. As, there you go. As we get a little into the nighttime hour.
3: Let me see if I still have that Austin slam poetry music. <laughs> That's
0: good. Yeah. Gosh, whatever happened to slam poetry. Brent Martin along with Casey Kurtz. Aaron Schachter will be back with us later in the week. He has not left the show. Um, Austin has, uh, but he has not. <laughs> it's okay. I can say that, Casey. Don't chuckle like that. Yeah, I was a chuckle like, I'm not sure you should have just said that.
3: Yeah, but I did. That was the we're finally comfortable, like, talking about this type of stuff out loud. It's great. Uh, we
0: still love uh, Austin. You know I'm comfortable doing, talking to Joey Wiles, former St. Augustine coach, now down at Flagler, administration role, and he joins us right now and was listening to the show and, and uh, said, hey, let's jump on and talk a little bit about this Tony Baselli event we got coming on in November. And I said, heck of an idea because we love talking to Joey Wiles. What's happening, man?
2: Hey Brent, so good to good to see you. It was great to run into you at Flagler and as always, you know, you're walking down the the sidewalk and there's people coming out going, "Man, I know you." And said, boy's most famous guy around here in Jacksonville. So it was, it, it was great seeing you, Brent. Yeah, it was great to see you, too. Good
0: catching up. Uh, tell us about what you guys have going on with Tony Bacelli. Obviously, it's a, such a big Bacelli year. It's the year of Tony, and you guys are uh, kind of being a part of that as well coming up in November, but other people have a chance to get involved, as uh, too.
2: Yeah, well, while we were blessed, Tony decided to, to come on and help us, and what we've got going on, we've got a, it's, we call it the Crimson and Gold, so we have a a banquet on November seventeenth, and we're having it at the Embassy Suites uh, on the beachside in Saint Augustine this year. And the following day, we have a golf tournament at uh, out at uh, um, the World Golf Village. So we have we have kind of two events going on. But uh, Tony De- Tony was very grateful. Um, he's going to come be our kind of guest speaker, and we're not going to do kind of a speaker deal. We're gonna I'm going to kind of throw some questions at him, so it, it, it'll really be a fun event. But all of the proceeds go to student-athletes. And, and at Flagler, we're, we're a Division II school. Uh, school's about $38,000, and uh, the average athlete here gets about 9000 So So they're, they're having to pay twenty nine grand to come to school and, and be an athlete. Forty percent of them don't get any money at all. So this is a big event for us and uh tony's been been great as far as you know telling us he's going to come down and help help raise money for these kids
0: crimson and gold gold banquet coming up on uh, november 17th and uh, obviously that's about a month away now tony vaselli will be the keynote speaker there now is there any truth to the rumor he would just do that because it had a little bit of crimson and gold kind of the colors from usc in
2: there <laughs> a little bit I, i'll tell you what i uh you know uh, I just, I love, uh, I love the Jags and, and I really love the, the, um, kind of the, the early years, Mark Burnell and Coach Coughlin. And so when Mark Burnell had spoken at our, Clint, at our Crimson Gold a few years back, so, I ended up calling him. I said, Mark, is there any chance you think Tony might come and speak? And he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll call him and and get back to you. Well, be honest. I really didn't think I'd hear back from him, but he called back and said, Hey, I think Tony might do it for you. So that's how we got Tony. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And, and another kind of cool thing, um, Tony used to do a thing where they had the uh, most valuable teacher, where they had a coach and a and a teacher, um, and they selected three, and then they kind of went around the school, uh, the schools with a committee and watched you teach, and so I was actually one of the three finalists. Now I got beat out by the uh, volleyball coach at Bishop Kenny because I'm sure she was a much better teacher than I was, but <laughs> so I, I I had some. Uh, you know early relations with with Tony I'm sure he didn't he doesn't remember me but um so we kind of went back a little ways there that's awesome Joey Wiles with us who's now down at Flagler but
0: longtime coach at St Augustine High School and uh just an unbelievable job I uh, did at uh, St Augustine and how much do you miss uh, the coaching ranks and and now you're in this phase of it I know you always talked about and flirted with going back uh, you miss those friday nights or have you finally settled into hey, at least I don't have to deal with the parents and, and the pressure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, Brent, I, I I still talk to a lot of the coaches. Um, you know, Sean McIntyre, close friend, Brian Braddock, close friend. Um, so so there's a lot of guys I still talk to. And, and kind of the climate has changed a lot. I know when I left in 2016, the, the – you know, the, the internet and all that stuff was not big, and you didn't have people attacking you on, on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all that. So, um, I don't, uh, from, that, from that standpoint, I don't miss it. I, I do miss the Friday nights, so I have to admit that. But the, the daily, you know, the daily grind, I'm, uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier what I'm doing now, you know, where you can, You know, you go out and visit people, and and you're not stuck in a classroom all day. Yeah,
0: that's good um, stuff. Well, you're good at both, um, and uh, we love hearing from you. Joey Wiles, uh, former St. Augustine coach, now still down in St. Augustine at Flagler College. And uh, what's the best Crimson and Gold event, the banquet on November 17th? What's the best way to get involved? Uh, And do you want people being down there and
2: involved, or just want folks uh, to know about it? Yeah, I think the, the the big thing you can go on our you can go on Flagler Athletics dot um, com. You can go on our website, and it 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 will give you ways if you want to purchase tickets. If there's businesses out there, um, you know you can you can purchase tables. Um, if anybody wants to go online and contact me and wants to do any sponsorships, you know they can go on. Uh, Flaglerathletics.com and and go to staff and I'll be on there and they can they can email me so um yeah we're 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 doing pretty well on our sponsorships but obviously you know how it is the more money you raise for kids uh the better off um but yeah other than that we're we're uh we're 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 pretty happy if there's golfers out there that want to golf um you know we're starting to get full there, so so they might want to get in touch with me, you know, as soon as they can. All right, Joey
0: Wiles, uh, we will uh, share the word, and and it's out there on social media now as well. You can see it, Tony. By the way, like I said, it's a year of Tony Baselli. Gets to even a different uh, venue, and and you run into Tony on a lot of different things. But this is another opportunity um, on the calendar here in 2022 to get to the Hall of Fame, uh, Tony Baselli. That'll be November 17th down at. Flagler College in St. Augustine. Joey, great catching up, man. Thanks for jumping in for a few minutes, and good luck with the event.
2: Hey, same with you, Brent, and and always. Uh, we've always been grateful at St. Augustine High for the, for the way you covered us, and um, just thank you so much for your friendship over the years as well. You bet, Joey. Thank you, man.
0: Uh, have a great day. Uh, once again, the Crimson and Gold Banquet uh, for Flagler College. Check it out um, on their website and get to uh, spend an evening with Tony Buscelli or play some golf the next day uh, down in St. Augustine. Casey, Joey Wiles introduced me to a thing called Burning of the Shoes. So they would do this before their last football game Okay. each year. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever covered in my career. Really? So they would. I feel
3: like you told me about this a little bit last year.
0: We would go down and cover it every year. It was so good. You would have, you have, you have so many different kids and backgrounds in St. Augustine. So I think it was the perfect place to do it. But they would literally throw their shoes in a burning fire pit. Because the seniors would. But before they did, they would tell a story or two about their time at St. Augustine. And we would go to this event, and these kids, unbelievable, the heartfelt stories they would tell, the tears that were flowing, the laughter. It was just an amazing thing. It's one of the best things I've ever covered. I'd never seen anything like it. And uh, they do it every year. Down, awesome. us, down at St. Augustine. And now others, I think, have picked it up around the area as well. And Joey will tell you, he borrowed it from somebody else that he had seen it from. Um, so... It really was cool, and that's how I got uh, to know Joey even better and one of the great coaches that we've had now uh, over the last few decades, yeah, at least awesome. in the Jacksonville area. All right, got to go football at 5. When we come back, we talk more Jags. I've got some questions and also about some of these young quarterbacks in the NFL uh, when we come back on ESPN 690.